This transmission is unrehearsed and unedited and is hereby begun without further comment as to its lack of moral value. Hello and welcome to Kendallcast special coverage of the Star Wars CCG MPC Match Players Championship 2020. Uh, I'm Kendall and with me is Matt. Hello. This is Matt Lutz, also known as CRG. So I am uh, going to be over the next uh, week or two interviewing some players in the uh, in the upcoming match play championship, uh, and uh, we're so we're starting with uh, with with Matt here. Uh, so uh, so Matt, uh, first for those who don't know you, um, what's uh, tell us a little bit about your background with the uh, with the game. Sure. So I. Um I grew up playing Magic in the mid-90s and played a little bit of Star Wars back in the premiere and a New Hope days. The only couple of cards I really remember having was Boshek, um, so I'm pretty glad he got uh, virtualized recently um, and then kind of left it off for 15, 17, 15, 16 years or so and then uh, came back to the game in uh, late 2017 just after Minnesota Worlds. Um, I live in Minnesota, part of the Bestman crew, uh, play locals with uh, Mark Walseths and uh, all his Rosemont Middle School folks that are now uh, kicking butt, taking names, and placing second at Worlds, among other things. Uh, I'm CRG on Jump, CRG on the forums, um, and this MPC will be the first major event that I've played in. All right. So uh, the first thing that I always wonder about uh, Star Wars, Star Wars CCG players, especially especially folks who haven't been playing the whole time or even like I mean, you you basically came to the game, uh, you know, just a, just a few years ago. Uh, what what made you go with Star Wars CCG over over some other over some other card game or gaming or whatever? Um, you know, I think it right around the time that I was getting back into it, I think it probably was because of one of the more recent star Wars movies. Um, a friend of mine posted that he had some cards to give away and it was kind of like, you know, interest a hits availability and kind of jumped on the chance. Um, and then, you know, the Google's brought me together to, to jump in the forums and wall Seth and company. And it's, um, you know, things kind of took off from there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I never got really excited to get back into magic just because it always felt like a game that I had to continuously spend piles and piles of money on yeah, as yeah. sets, new sets get released. And that's not something that I have in a real big interest in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, one thing that is I mean, kind of appealing to me from uh, the star Wars side is um, they're not printing any more new cards. And so once you kind of get, you know, the collection set, if you will, it's more about buying extras of what you need and then just taking the time to sit down and do all the virtual slips. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that I, that's definitely a thing. Um, it's cause every time I've come back to the game, I, you know, I make a few purchases or whatever and it's like, oh, my collection is bigger than it used to be. And I can, and this stuff is all app, still applicable. So, you know, after 20 years, I finally can pretty much build most decks that I need to, or if I just need to like seek out a few cards. Yes. As opposed to, right. as opposed to that crushing feeling, you feel whatever it was when I was playing, it was always in November, the beginning of November, 
half of the cards that I've spent hundreds of dollars on are no longer legal in the format that I can get games regularly. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, um, yeah, I mean, one of my, that's one of the, the great appeals of all the virtual cards. Like when I put together decks right now, um, what I'm generally finding is I can more or less put together most decks within about 10 or cards or so. Uh, and it's mostly kind of the, the, the rares from sets I don't have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, right. Right. So, um, what, what do you, what do you thought, what are your thoughts kind of, uh, broadly on the current, uh, the current open metagame in, uh, in, in the format or going, going into um, the MPC? My current thoughts on the meta is I'm never happy to see ISB. Um, I'm not a big fan of, um, that and ROPs and decks that give some like, universal drain bonuses or benefits kind of everywhere. Um, I think Darkside got a, a huge amount of boosts. Um, I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, Darkside mains types decks where they're running off of Hunt Down or the slip siding Away virtual mains. Um, I mean, the, the meta, I think, is so wide open and the format of the NPC is so kind of unique where you're you're Checking for a specific opponent. That while I don't think the the deck lists as usual are going to be terribly helpful for players in the future, um, it's certainly going to throw open a whole n- another set of ideas for what we're going to be dealing with here in um, you know the next couple of months until you know the next major, whenever that's that is. I think it's going to be um, uh, nationals or continent nationals here in the U.S. and then of course the the Euro nationals or Euro worlds coming up later this summer. Um, so I would expect to see, you know, a whole bunch of decks and, uh, plenty of decks that, you know, are different in more different from each other in more than just the four or five card slots that we see sometimes. I think we'll have decks that have 10, 15 cards different from mm-hmm. one or the other. Um, for example, there's been, you know, the, in Unjump, the kind of the standard AOBS lists, and then the lists that are now starting the quietly observing virtual for whatever alien they're going to do. Um, I think that just deck choice of what starting effect you run, the quietly observing is going to make AOBS, for example, um, just kind of wide open, give you a whole lot of variations. You're going to have a core of 40 to 45 cards. Um, but after that, I think things are going to be really interesting. And the, and the AOBS bug isn't a thing anymore, right? They finally that, fixed it, right? That is, um, to my knowledge, and what Matt Crowley posted, that it is taken care of, even though they're not 100% sure as to what the cause of it is. Right, right. Uh, so. Okay. Um, so uh, now uh, you. Uh, this is prior to the event, so we don't want to, like, share all the, all the info, but um, what uh, – what is your thought process uh, picking picking decks going into the event? Um, so my thought process, given that it's my first major, um, you know, I think you see this in a couple of like new and returning players uh, lists. Is um, uh, I think the first thing you do is got to play what you know, um, especially if you you know you're not playing as much as you as everyone may like. This game unfortunately can take a while, um, and then. Uh, so play what you know and then play to your strengths. And so I think everyone's got 
a group of like you know three to five decks that they know really well, play really well, and they can modify cards from there. You know, five or ten here, five or ten there. They come up with a coherent strategy versus at least there may be their first round or two opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to play, of course, one light side deck and one dark side deck, <laughs> um, and hopefully um, my kind of familiarity with them. Um, puts up a good fight against uh, uh, Mr. Walkling, uh, number two seed Eric Hunter. You, 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 you got this. You're my, you're my pick to win it all. Just for the record, <laughs> just for the record, you're, you're my pick to win it all. Uh, it looks like, looks like Queso popped into the chat. Hey, Queso. Um, let's see. So, uh, any other, anything else you're doing to prepare for the event? Uh, um, the other thing that I'm doing to prepare is, um, is there's plenty of the Minnesota guys that are on the team new allies. And so I got invited to join that and I've been participating in their, um, their deck discussions and, uh, actually get, gonna hop on a, a, a zoom call or a conference call with those guys. You and I get done to finish talking about stuff. Um, but uh, they've been great with uh, ideas and playtesting and um, you know, all the stuff coming out of there. Um, you know, the, the, the collective ability to run through and hash out ideas is way more than you know one person can mm-hmm. you know putz around with. Okay. Um, and I'm also uh, always, of course, pulling out my hair. Whenever I look at a deck and think, you know, I really want five more tech cards in here. I'd be a lot more comfortable. If I could, you know, run what I like yeah. um, for this for a specific platform, mm-hmm. and then you know get five more cards to be able to, you know, add in. Uh, well, to, yeah, yeah. The number of platforms that would be much better if you could play seventy-five cards. Oh my god, that would oh, be <laughs> that would that um, would be I, a nice and boost. I, I think that's you know that's a, a a bump and a bonus to the PC because there's so many viable platforms. Yeah, um, especially you know in the open meta. Or you know, like the quarantine league on jump, you, know, you don't know what, you, what if you put up a table on either side, your opponent's going to join with, um, and so that can create some, you know, very interesting matchups mm-hmm. or very you know, quick, uh, quick game ending ones. Well, and uh, and I think that like kind of beyond that, beyond there being a lot of viable decks, there are it's not as rock paper scissorsy. Like if you're playing if you're playing court and somebody else is playing throne room. I mean, there are, there have been times in the past when that was just an immediate scoop. Like you just don't, right. you don't stand a chance. You still have to play pretty tight as the throne room player there. And you know, you have to, you have to know not right. to know when to deploy to the audience chamber, know when not to deploy to the pit. Cause that's <laughs> usually, usually when I, when I'm playing court versus throne room, if my opponent deploys to the pit, they may, I, I just, I count that as that I've won the game. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, there's, um, you got to play tight um, on, on that matchup. I think it's still extremely heavily favored in front in, in favor of um, TRM. Right, right, yeah. That's uh, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like like there are matchups where one's favored over the other, but just but you can't. It's not just an auto win. Oh yeah, no, absolutely not, not anymore. So, all right. Um. So uh. So what um. Let's see. Yeah. All right. I think I am going to. Uh, so Gogolin actually suggested uh, on the forums that uh, 
that I take a look at at that I have my own sort of I, it's called the Pivo questionnaire that James <laughs> Lipton uh, that James Lipton did during his interviews in Inside the Actors Studio. And also, my fr- I want to cite my friend uh, Eric Veslage, um, who did a podcast called Inside the Master's Studio, where he adapted the Pivo questionnaire for Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, so I have adapted this to Star Wars, and I, I'm Rich. hoping... I'm ho- <laughs> We'll get there. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that that these answers to the questions will, uh, you know, be be illuminating. So the first question: uh, What is your favorite card? Oh, my favorite card. Yes. Um, my favorite card. That's a good question. Um, I think my favorite card is. And this is probably an easy one, but my favorite card, I think, is probably the virtualized hyperdrive objective. Okay. Uh, just because it made the deck so much more viable, mm-hmm. um, and it made it actually a, a heck of a lot more playable. Um, and I've, you know, of course, I've played seventy-five, one hundred games with the darn thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the um, the other thing, the other thing that I think I like a lot is. Um, uh, kind of two mirror effects, bow to the first order, and then I must be allowed to speak virtual. Um, both of which kind of see play in multiple platforms, um, whether that's Profit or Diplo or Map or Dark Deal, um, because it encourages, uh, I think, especially with a deck like a Diplo or Profit, um, use of kind of alternate personas. Um, you're not, you know, you're not going to see. He has any more, um, you know, Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight, uh, in a deck with a farm puller. Um, and then as far as Bout of the First Order, you know, it encourages you to use First Order characters and not Maul, Vader, things along those lines. And then, um, I, I think the, the, the pulls you get from those, they're critical decisions, um, but there's also they're also nicely costed because you have to use force and spend your force wisely um, to get them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, when I first came back to the game, I actually hated all the all the used pulls that I was seeing in the game because I felt like, and I don't think this is as true, but I felt like it made the game way longer because people were constantly thinking about what card they should pull. Um, right. right. But I don't, I don't think it's as bad as it, as it seemed at first. Right. Uh, so what is your least favorite card? Least favorite. Um, least favorite. I think my least favorite. Um, and for a long time, um, was the, it's not now, but I think for, for a long time it was um, Dr. E combo just because it can lead to so many blowouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're playing, especially when you pair him with you know, Darth Maul with lightsaber, um, it, it's, it's way too easy to get blown out by one of those um, really quickly, which is why every deck has to think about it. It's why you see no idea running, you know, keep your eyes open. Mm-hmm. It's why you see Jedi's concentration. It's why you see... Um, clash, quite a mercenary virtual uh, first aid combo, the whole kind of nine yards of it. Um, but of course, then I've adapted to index where, you know, playing Dr. E's appropriate. I'll, I've thrown one or two of them in um, because it's one of those cards where it's nice when it works for you and terrible when it doesn't. Mm-hmm. 
That's that's funny. That's one of my favorite cards. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, what what kinds of cards? Um, the cat just jumped on the interface, so hopefully that everything doesn't go haywire. Um, what kinds of cards uh, sort of stimulate your your creativity, um, and, or emotionally or spiritually? Is what the question in the in the pivo thing? But what what types of cards kind of kind of ex- excite you and stimulate you? Well, the, the current one I think is probably um, slip signing away virtual. Just because I don't consider myself the most creative deck builder. And when I looked at uh, SSA Virtual, I looked at it you know, kind of sideways along the lines of, like, you know, this seems good, but I'm not sure how to use it or exploit it or, mm-hmm. you know, what should I put it in? Um, I mean, the objectives you can use it with ISB and bring them before me are not decks that I've played a whole lot of um, at all. And I'm generally not playing some sort of... Um, not playing some sort of um, uh, non-objective, you know, CPV, t- CPV or CRV mm-hmm. type deck. And now this is, you know, an SSA virtual type deck. Um, the other kind of thing that is always really pleased about um, is I love the profit objective. I know you and I have talked about this um, on the Bad Deck Breakdowns podcast, um, but the the first kind of big deck I was drawn to when I came back was Johnny Chu's ping profit list from world's day three. Um, and just how that deck had multiple ways to do direct damage, um, in it, even on the zero side, you know, if all things went haywire and you, you lost on and couldn't get it back. There's a whole pile of ways you can do damage, mm-hmm. um, with that deck. So big fan of the profit objective. All right. And so I'm um, glad it was played, you know, in the Outrider Cup and mm-hmm. um so. Yeah. All right. Uh and then what uh what types of cards just make you want to quit the game? Uh what types of cards yeah. make me want to quit the game? Um I think the 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 most recent th- things that I have dealt with is the pre errata ROPS objective. Okay. Um the most recent, because I just thought it was um, an absolute pain in the butt to deal with, because it forced it it, it allowed dark side to do its own thing, ignore light side for the most part, with no punishment or penalty for doing that, mm-hmm. and then pu- forced interaction on its own terms to try to flip itself back. And then um, that interaction back toward light side with the uh, destiny boost was just a complete pain mm-hmm. in the butt. Because mm-hmm. essentially the, the strategy against ROPS is you need to be on two sites. You need to be on two sites at all times um, so they, they don't flip. and uh, um, Or you can flip them back. And that is just a, you know, it's a recipe for just mm-hmm. disaster. Uh, especially, you know, pre-errata when you had the Imperial Domination... Uh, mm-hmm. Two dot. You had code clearance. You got naturally in there. Imperial rest order. Like just clearing characters out was a complete pain. Uh, and of course, people adapted it by putting things in like Cassian and Wedge Rogue Squadron leader and mm-hmm. um, things along those lines. But it's just not a was not a fun deck to deal with. Yeah, yeah. My Regardless my what platform you're playing with. Right. My biggest issue with it was it. I felt like it never had an end game. <laughs> like. Like they it locked down the board. Same thing with pre-errata no uh uh 
old allies. It would lock down the board to the point where like I couldn't really come after him on 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 routes here, but also it wasn't he was you know doing two damage a turn or something like that, and the, and so the game would just would just drag out. I had. I think I had a couple games go to time between the couple of tournaments I played at last year. Yeah, I definitely agree that there were that and, yeah. and some similar decks. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, where are we on the list? Okay. So what is your favorite Star Wars word? Star Wars word? Yes. I'm trying to think of some uh, um, catchphrase or something that I uh, say snarkily to my to my eldest, who's a big Star Wars fan. That I don't know. Uh, I have repeated the do or do not. There is no try to my seven-year-old more times than I can count. Okay. Okay. Um, so we'll probably stick with that. I think okay. Yoda is always a dispenser of wise wisdom. All right. What opponent's deck do you love to see? What opponent's deck do I love to see? Yes. Um, I, th- I think we'll go, go back to when I was playing a lot more hyperdrive. Um, I loved in general to see decks um, that either were not or could not run mall um, or decks that gave me a little bit of time to set up um, and not immediately disrupt what I was trying to do. Okay. Um, so, you know, like like hunt down dropping a, a turn one Vader to the junkyard is never a fun thing to deal with. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, what opponent's deck do you hate to see? Do I hate to say? Uh, Priorata Rops. Okay. What? Not a hard right. question at all. Right, 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 right. What Star Wars profession, other than your own, if it, if applicable, uh, would you like to try? Star Wars profession? Yes, a profession in the Star Wars universe. Hmm. Profession. That's a good question. <laughs> um, I'm thinking of like lore and keywords. <laughs> Uh, I take a pilot. I think a flying pilot. starcraft would be great. Okay. Um, and what uh, what Star Wars profession would you not like to try? Uh, I don't think I'd like to be a gambler. All right. Uh, I'm not a gambling person. All right. And finally, if God exists, what would you like to see him change about the game? <laughs> if there was a Star Wars czar, uh, what would I like? I think his name's um, Chris Kelly, but I think I think his name's Chris Kelly. <laughs> Um, I would like to see the current level of playtesting that's done on sets continue. Uh, I know you were involved with that. There are yeah. games going all the time and I just appreciate the background work that went into the tweak set and V set 12. Uh, as I think it really shows in the quality of the cards and the card selection that came out. And I think, I, I hope it minimizes the competitive balance threads mm. That get started. Um, well, the threads will start. <laughs> well, the threads will start, but I think I think hopefully the they will be um, more and more or they will, they will be more limited and better informed mm-hmm. by the players who post in there and comment on them, and then hopefully by um, you know maybe someone could break the break some Fight Club rules about you know here's what this here's what we tried with this deck with mm-hmm. this card and mm-hmm. how it, you know what the results were right right um but yeah i think the the pc has done an excellent job and since i i think it started slash came back to the game in maintaining things um you know we've got the they, they took the uh, took over jump 
met Cruelly and company instituted a Jemp kind of development team. And I wouldn't be here without Jemp, period. I don't think, I think a lot of us wouldn't be. Um, and other kind of great things uh, that kind of keep the game going and fresh. So that's what I would want. All right. Keep it up. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, was there anything else you wanted to discuss before we wrap things up? No, I think it's good. It's hard to it's hard to talk about decks and ideas uh, with when I've got my two lists in right, front of me right, and not right. kind of spoil what I want to. I'm playing for Saturday. Well, good luck on Saturday, and thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. This if uh, if if this was a complete disaster and you could only hear one of our audio the entire time because I don't think people were watching it live. I have a backup recording, and if that didn't work, then I then I don't know I'll, hopefully I'll have the next interview to work better. I think, I think at very least, I think at very least the, the, the audio from the video should be good, good enough that we, that I could post it. It's just a completely new setup here. So uh, yeah, I appreciate you being a Guinea pig here, Matt. Uh, thanks. And thanks. thanks so much. I, I hope I, uh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, and I hope everyone loves my child's uh, art wall art twine and uh uh clothespin setup uh going in the background here all right well yeah uh yeah it's good stuff it's good stuff uh <laughs> yeah and thanks everyone for watching um bad deck breakdowns is a, a podcast on the podcatcher stuff uh if you if you only are watching the twitch stuff uh we we do a pod uh, matt and i do that podcast and uh, uh it's it we've got 10 episodes up there so check that out um, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll see y'all next time. Right. Take care, everyone. All right. Steer stream is stopped and Kindlecast.ninja celebrating media hobbies and passions since 2014.